G'day guys and welcome to episode 045 of the Bradley J Driver Experience. Of course, it's your pilot, the man behind the wheel, the captain steering the ship, yours truly, Brad behind the mic. And today I'm actually here for a solo ride, the first in a very long time without a guest, but for good reason. I'm here to talk about the event that I've been sprucing up at the start of every podcast episode in recent weeks the event that I've been plastering over social, and the event that means, well, a hell of a lot to me. It's hashtag 42 for CF. Now, what does that mean? It stands for basically 42.2 kilometers for cystic fibrosis, which is the condition that I was born and currently live with. Um, It is an incurable illness that is genetically passed on to infants or babies at birth. And it's something that for a lot of people is very hard to live with. And for myself has been, I guess, the backbone of the the human being that I am today because it's created a whole heap of resilience and determination to be better than the diagnosis and the statistics that were set in front of me at a very young age. And I want to talk about why I've created this event. Like I said, you may know, and, and for some of you, especially um, a lot of my close friends and family who may be listening to this have been there from the moment this event was an idea to what it's become and what it's creating. And it's really exciting for me to see all this taking shape and I'm going to talk you all through it. So basically back in July, you know, as, as most of you know, in April, I finished up, you know, the end of April, I finished working in real estate and and one of my goals when leaving real estate was just to get my health back. I felt like as a guy who grew up with cystic fibrosis, my health was always my number one priority for good reason and for a long time my health caused me no issues or no worries because it was that number one priority in my life. And you know, as as we all do, we hit that mark of eighteen years old and not that I went out and drank and got on the drugs you know, that's not me and that's not who I am. But, you know, for me, sort of career and professional endeavors took over and and sort of started to shape the focus of my life. And with that, I found, you know, good success in what I was doing, but I lost track and, and purpose of, you know, the most important thing in my life, which was my health and looking after the the cystic fibrosis and ensuring that the life ahead of me was not only long, but super healthy and fulfilling. And, you know, as I left that job at the end of April, I I went out there and I said that my intention was not only to pursue my passion and and my purpose with this podcast and the message that I want to spread, you know, Wollongong, Australia, the world out, was to regain that amazing, healthy, you know, internal body that I once had and, you know, the outside too. It's always nice to have a nice little rig to go with it, but... I just wanted to get back to my best. I wanted to feel like I was in control of my cystic fibrosis again. And, you know, that started with basically, you know, I'd been really lazy heading into isolation. And, you know, most people got lazy in isolation. I got active. And it started with literally just walking every day. So I started walking like an hour and a half. And then it was like three hours a day just because I loved walking down at the beach. And, you know, on that beautiful path, the Blue Mile, as we call it, Um, along Wollongong here and you know that started with 
just those two walks a day. Then it turned into swimming a few laps in the ocean pool every morning. And then once I started to feel like I got discipline and routine back in my life, I started to veer out and sort of go to the gym again, started doing some boxing and Muay Thai again. And I just felt like I was getting fit and I was not only getting fit, but I was passionate and I was very eager to get back in the gym and to keep training. Like I felt like I lost that for a lot of years where those professional endeavors took over exercise become more of a chore than a passion for a long time. And, you know, I felt like I was finally gaining back that love and that passion for training and pushing myself and reaching new levels. And I got to a point where it's probably very early July, if not late June, that a couple of mates and I were sitting and chatting and I was invited to a run club on Sunday, which to me, you know, I sprinted as a kid and competitively, you know, sprinted at state level, but I hated long distance. Like I hated long distance with a passion. The amount of times in the last like five, six years, I've tried to go out and just run two Ks and stopped after like 800 meters. Cause I was like, this is so unenjoyable. And how could anyone participate in this and actually enjoy it is beyond me. Like I can't count on my, my hands and my toes. And so I got invited to this run club and they said it's Sundays at 6am, which doesn't scare me because I don't usually go out and and drink. Like I'm not, I don't drink. So I rarely go out and, you know, I always wake up pretty fresh on a Sunday. So I was like, I like that idea. And basically the idea explained to me was these two guys, Dylan and Jared, that basically wanted to stop going out and drinking on the weekends. So they decided to every Sunday at 6am meet to run 5Ks and just get active. And like the whole idea was this club was called Active Boys Run Club and it was open to the public. So they would put stuff out on social and, you know, a group grew from two mates to, you know, now there's, you know, 20 odd people there every weekend. But my first experience was rocking up on Sunday with, with my mate Bids and, and meeting a couple of the boys that had invited me and meeting a whole lot of new faces and running 5k and I remember two days before or three days before I knew this was coming up so I thought I'm going to throw on the sneakers and go for basically like a a little 2k run just to prep me and I think I got about 500 meters in and stopped because I was just like I'm hurting I don't want to do this I prefer to just go and swim some laps so I did and I went on Sunday and it you know, it was the 5Ks were so tough. I struggled, I really struggled. And I felt like it was a real mental battle for me to get through it. But what pulled me through was just having a group around me, a group of guys and girls for that matter that were getting together to run on a Sunday morning with a similar vision and outlook on life. And, you know, it started with a run and then it finished with, you know, having an ice long black and a swim and a chat and just great conversation. It was a really nice way to start off a Sunday. And, that becomes quite addictive. And I went back the next week and then the following week after that. And on my third Sunday, they said, Hey, we run on Wednesday nights as well. And you can run anything from 21 kilometers to five kilometers. We do little laps and loops and you just meet at the specific time for your distance. And we all jog together. And I thought, I'll come and try five Ks. I'll try to do two five Ks in the space of that week. But I remember thinking to myself, why would anyone in their right mind run 21Ks on a Wednesday night just for fun? Like it just made no sense to me. But I rocked up, sneakers on, 
still a little bit sore from the Sunday and I took off for this 5Ks with the gang. And I remember, you know, by this time I was pretty comfortable with all the crew. And I remember rocking up and thinking, oh, you know, these guys are basically 16Ks into a 21K run. Well, a lot of them were anyways. You know, I might just have to drift between the front and back of the pack just to boost the morale and, and give everyone a bit of a kick on, you know, because I'll be fresh only running 5Ks. And that was definitely not the case. Like I was at the back of the pack, struggle street at 3Ks in thinking I'm so sore because this is the most I've run in a week in so long. And, and to give you context, the most I'd ever run in my life, you know, in one one exercise session was about 6Ks. So for me, this was like new territory, even though it was only a 5k run, it was the frequency. It was the second time of the week I'd done this. And those guys just powered through 21. And I thought, what great mental strength. But also it's amazing that the body can achieve that on a Wednesday night after training every other day, you know. And I went home that night and I remember being so sore. I was literally broken. Like my body was just tight, stiff, sore and just did not pull up well at all. So I went home and I had dinner and I was thinking about it and I thought, man, I've got to get better at this running thing. Like it's so addictive, but maybe just for the meantime, I need to step back and just do Sundays for a while just to get used to it again. And I'd done that for the next two weeks. But you see on that fifth Sunday of attendance, 6am as usual, I felt okay. But this time I was running and I was, you know, probably a K out from the finish line and I'd been training a lot. Like I'd been active for about two to three hours every day and I don't mean super intense exercise but usually an hour of something intense followed by like two hours of walking or an hour of walking and just being active I love being out and about but it's the last kilometer of this run and my lungs just felt for lack of a better term loose almost like there was something moving around in my lungs and it felt like liquid and I didn't know how to explain it but it was not uncomfortable that I needed to stop. It was just there and I noticed it and I kept running and I finished that run that day. Not particularly faster than any other run I'd done. Not any different a course or, you know, any more intense, but rather just different. I felt different. And I remember finishing that run, having a swim, having a coffee as we always do, and I went home before I caught up with a few mates later that day at about 11.30. <coughs> and upon catching up with those mates, I was sitting there having a coffee and we're in a group of about five and I coughed quite like I just did before, like nothing major. It was just a regular cough, but I knew straight away that as soon as I'd coughed, I'd coughed up blood. I could taste it in my mouth and I knew that feeling from, you know, previous scary times in my life with you know pneumonia and and having intense lung infections that something wasn't quite right in my lungs and I didn't want to make a scene so I walked to the bathrooms or you know at a kiosk down the beach so I walked to the public toilets just down about 50 100 meters away from this little kiosk cafe and I went straight into the bathrooms and I just spat out blood and then I coughed again and spat out more blood and that happened about three four five times before I thought that's a considerable amount of blood and I'd bought up I guess to give you an example maybe about a quarter of a cup worth um, but I didn't want to make a scene and I've kind of had this happen before and I thought okay I'm just going to be calm about it 
So I went back and I sat and I just sipped on the rest of my coffee, which I, you know, I'd never advise anyone to do, always go to the, the hospital. But I sat there and we kind of, me and my, my two closer mates went to grab some lunch after and I said to the boys, oh, I coughed up blood when we were down at the cafe and they're like, God, you're all right. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't feel as well as I normally do. So it was probably a little bit later that day I got home from being at lunch with the boys and I just thought I'm just going to lie down and just have some rest. Maybe I'm just tired. Maybe my body's a little bit run down and immediately lying down, I think it's got something to do with, you know, gravity being not extremely against the, I guess, the grain of your lungs and the way that the airways work that I just started coughing up, you know, probably half a cup's worth of blood and this time I didn't feel like I could really stop it. And I don't mean that it was out of control. Like I wasn't vomiting blood or anything like that. It was just continuously wanting to come up off my chest. So, you know, my dad drove me to the emergency department at Wollongong hospital where, you know, I was pretty quickly seen by the doctors, but at this point it had stopped and they'd done scans. They took blood tests, they checked everything. And, it had sort of stopped and settled down. And I said, well, look, it stopped and settled down. Is there anything that you can see? And they said, there's nothing visible um, or anything present in your blood test that would suggest that you're not going to be okay. So I was able to go home and have dinner with my family. And actually, mum was cooking salmon that night, so I asked if I could. But I went home and, and I felt okay. But I woke up that next morning just like I'd caught, you know, the common cold, like I was coughing, I had, you know, really snotty nose and I just felt really under the weather. So, you know, with the madness of the world that we're in at the moment and COVID being rampant, I thought the best idea was to stay home and not expose myself to anyone or not expose anyone to me. And so I sat at home and I remember like just feeling like shit that whole day and I went to bed that night, but I woke up on Tuesday feeling like much better, like dramatically better. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. Like maybe I'm recovering quickly and hopefully within a couple of days I'll be back to my best. But it was later on that Tuesday night that as soon as I lied down again, I started coughing up a lot of blood. And and this time it was, you know, it was probably half a cup pretty quickly and I just felt like even more so than it was on the Sunday, just sort of out of my control. I couldn't stop it. And I was bringing it up pretty quickly in concession of, you know, basically coughing every couple of seconds and, and bringing up this blood. And, you know, I was a little bit more worried this time because it did seem more dramatic and a little bit more intense. So we went back to emergency where they basically kept me in there the whole night. I didn't leave until 5, 5.30 the next morning where once again, scans, blood tests, this time COVID swabs as well. And they basically tested and checked for everything. And, you know, there were some markers in my blood to suggest maybe I was, um, I'd lost a little bit of blood through that, but nothing that was um, going to be too hard to recoup or that I needed a transfusion for. But we spoke to my cystic fibrosis specialist team up in Sydney and you know, their explanation was what we believe is that you've got a viral infection in your lungs, which, um, stresses small airways even more so than they are with the lack of humidity and, um, the fact that you're exercising quite early or late, um, in the cold. And they said, and and because of that viral infection where your small airways are irritated, 
they can bleed. And this is something that's common with cystic fibrosis patients that have scarring in their lungs. Um, it's not ultra common, but it's common in those who have had the experiences in past like you have. And so with that, I was basically put to bed rest for a week and just recover and recoup. You know what's all a bit confusing and scary? Buying your first home and getting your first loan approved. You see, I'm 24 and I bought my first property last year. Even as an agent at the time, there was so much I didn't know about finance because we aren't taught these things at school. You see, I'm blessed now because one of my best mates, Zachary Bidoff, is a mortgage broker. And now that I'm self-employed, I have to be smarter with my money. So I sat down with Zach to refinance my loan and to get the absolute best deal I could. And it's saving me money every week. You see, the great thing about Zach is he's 28 years old, super relatable, and he knows everything you need to about buying your first property. So whether it's pre-approval or refinancing that you need, head across to ZacharyBidoff.com or find the link in the show notes. But it was a moment sitting in that hospital bed at the emergency room where, you know, me and my dad were sitting there and my whole family, you know, my mum, my sister had called and checked in and, you know, I was fine, I felt okay. And I was sitting there and reflecting on, you know, my, my last five weeks of running and, and it was disappointing because I'd started to really feel like I was getting my fitness and my health back, but I was hit with another hurdle. But immediately my mindset just shifts to the fact that, you know, this is something that I've dealt with my whole life. And for me, while cystic fibrosis doesn't make life as easy as maybe it would be if I didn't have it, it's a part of me, it's a part of who I am, and it's the reason why I am so determined and and why I have the personality and the outlook on life that I do. And I thought, you know, I'll bounce back from this and I'll bounce back better. I just need to spend this next week recovering and resting and then I'll come back and I'll plan intelligently to get my body back to its best. And so in that moment, I was flicking back and I'd actually posted, you know, with all the running, I'd posted a photo of my dad on Instagram probably two or three days before. And you see, back when I was two years of age, my dad ran, so it was back in 1998, he ran an ultramarathon for cystic fibrosis. So him, my uncle Terry, and a couple of marathon runners from Australia here all set out to achieve a massive feat, and that was running... 68 kilometers three days in a row so 212 kilometers over the space of three days for cystic fibrosis australia and you know i'd shared the photo of dad it was actually a pretty funny promo photo where he was running in his kit with a to his new can out in front of him and two guys either side of him they were running and it was taken by one, you know one of the local papers at the time and you know i was reflecting on that photo and i remember thinking how cool would it be if I went from, you know, coughing up blood and bleeding in my lungs right here now in hospital to running a marathon by the end of the year? What an achievement that would be. And, you know, it's funny, a marathon has been something I've always wanted to achieve. For the longest time, I can remember watching the movie Run, Fat Boy Run as a kid. And I loved that movie because it was just the idea of this average guy who couldn't run achieving something not exactly based off physical prowess or training, but off pure mental strength. And I love that movie for that reason, as for all of its laughs in between. But I remember reflecting on that movie and that want from a younger age to run a marathon, not because I loved running, but because of the feat of it and the powerful message behind it. And, you know, I sat there and I thought, 
I need to do this and I really need to think about this. And, you know, I've thought about this so many times before, but I've never actioned it. And as you know, like an idea is only as great as the action you put behind it. So I went home and I said to my dad, I said, dad, I think I want to run a marathon by the end of the year. And, you know, he was like, well, if you want to do it, do it, but make sure you look after your health. And, you know, my mum said the exact same thing. And so did my sister and my whole family was worried more so about my health and, and the safety of it all after, you know, the sort of crazy two weeks that I'd had. But I had a call from a mate probably two or three days after I'd got home and they'd all been checking in every day and, and Dane called me and he said, hey man, I had an idea. And he goes, I don't know how and I don't know what it will be, but I've spoken to all of our closest mates and, you know, we're always amazed by the positive mindset that you have and your ability to bounce back from adversity and just tackle it head on and, and come out the other side better for it. He said, I'd love to to do some sort of charity event for Cystic Fibrosis Australia to share the importance of a positive outlook and a great work ethic for CF patients. Because I think if more people with cystic fibrosis had the similar mindset to you, it'd be a healthier place. And you know, I really liked that idea because I'd been stewing on this event for the space of the last you know, that last week, last couple of days. And I said to him, it's funny you say that because I've had this idea that I'd like to run a marathon for CF and I'd like to cross that finish line and run the whole thing myself to show that with every up and down and, you know, well, every down in life or every low point, there is like something great on the other side of that. And so we basically started stewing on this idea. We wrote down a few things and within the space for a week, I'd released a photo with a pair of sneakers on social media saying that I was going to run an event called 42 for CF, which was me basically running a marathon. 42.2 is the official distance. just doesn't sound as good in a hashtag, but I was going to be running that marathon for cystic fibrosis by the end of the year. Now, at this point, it was very much about, firstly, the message and the power of that message that for a, a kid with cystic fibrosis who maybe felt like they were going to be up against it for the rest of their life and they couldn't achieve what their peers or their brothers or sisters could, um, that that's not the case, that you have every chance to achieve and do amazing things in your life, even as a cystic fibrosis patient, um, as I have and as I would go on to do. But also to the parents of those kids, you know, the parents that were in the shoes of my parents, you know, 24 years ago being told that the child has cystic fibrosis, not exactly understanding it and, and fearing, you know, what, what's the worst and what's the absolute best we can get out of this. And I was blessed that I had parents who had an extremely positive mindset and determination to ensure that my life was more than the statistics defined and more than, you know, the negatives that were spoken about in a doctor's surgery or around the internet or the, you know, the information that was available on cystic fibrosis at the time. And I wanted to share that message and inspire other people within that community that, you know, anything is possible when you set your mind to it and you believe you can achieve it. But I also thought, wouldn't it be great if we could just raise some money for this cause? And even if it's a little bit, you know, I don't want to have to handle it myself. I'd love to get Cystic Fibrosis Australia or New South Wales involved and and just make sure that all that money goes directly to the cause and there's no legal worries 
um, and with all those financials that you have to handle um, if you hold the money yourself. So I posted that photo and I tagged Cystic Fibrosis Australia on both Instagram and Facebook and it was the next day I was sitting there and I was drafting up an email to send to CF Australia when I got one back. And the email that I got back was from Nettie Burke. Actually, no, in fact, it was an email from CF New South Wales who spoke more about their, um, you know, their organisation being more about community care and helping CF patients get um, equipment and from A to B for treatments, etc. Um, but I got a message or a comment back on Facebook from CF Australia and as the CEO, Nettie Burke, she'd seen the post that we put up and she said, hey, we'd love to get involved. This is amazing. Basically, can you email us? So I emailed Nettie and then it began. It began with a meeting, a Zoom call and, you know, I met um, Nettie and, and William over Zoom and we spoke about the event and what I wanted it to be and within the space of what felt like a couple of days or a week, we were back for another Zoom meeting and there was a team of, you know, five, six people at CF Australia that were around this event helping us achieve the dream of, of making 42 for CF a big event that would inspire and help so many within that community. And CF Australia said that they would take the responsibility for the fundraising and the insurances, which took, you know, that weight off my back. And it was for me just about pressing the event and marketing it, but also running it. And I'm so excited because, you know, for, for all of the hurdles in front of us at the moment with COVID, COVID makes it very hard to run an event, even outdoors with the current restrictions. But, you know, we're going to be dealing with a very small capacity of, of individuals out there in person on the day. But for me, it was never about this event being, you know, the size of a music festival or, or something that was, you know, presently dominant down at, at Wollongong on the beach, but something that spread a message. So we've gone virtual for 2020. This event, like I said, will happen in the flesh with me and a very small crew who have been selected already. Um, it's the crew that have been supporting me along the way, my coach Ben Seymour, my best mates and my crew at Active Boys Run Club who are all getting behind me and supporting me, whether they'll be running beside me or not. You know, my family, friends and, and all those people who have been amazingly supportive will be around on the day to to support and to make sure that we get through this. But you know, we'll be running this event virtually. And what we ask is, you know, whilst the date is set for the 12th of December and we hope to see everyone on that day running, whether it be 42Ks, 4Ks, 2Ks, 20Ks, bloody 400Ks if you want to, um, just post something on Instagram with that hashtag 42 for CF. And even in the lead up, we want to encourage people to get out there, get active and run because for cystic fibrosis patients and kids with CF, that can literally change your life. And I don't mean that, um, you know, I don't mean that in the most inspirational ways. I mean it practically that physical exercise and being active saved my life and it's continued to allow me to do all the amazing things I have in life because I have my health. So this is such a powerful message that I want to be able to share with the CF community and the world for that matter over that not only you can overcome anything that life puts in front of you, it's a, you know, I guess a sense of that David versus Goliath story, but it's about, it's about just taking ownership for your health and appreciating the one thing that you were given. You know, your body is the temple in which you have to spend the rest of your, your years, so you must look after it. And 
I'm so blessed that I've understood that from an early age and I'm, I'm blessed that I'm on a journey right now where I'm pushing that to its more extremes to try and get absolutely every bit of goodness out of my body that I can. So like I said, I encourage you to, to get out there, run and be active and share around that hashtag 42 for CF. We do have a grassroots fundraising page in which I'll drop the link in the show description here. You can also find the link in my bio on my socials to donate to the event if you do have anything to give, even if it is small. It's so appreciated by CF Australia. To explain quickly what they do, their role is to um, basically use those funds for the advocacy, research and development of new drugs here in Australia, in which a lot of those drugs right now will save lives of, of countless CF patients because we are getting you know, so many really good drugs that, that are really improving not only the quality of life but increasing life expectancy for CF patients and it's something that is, is really exciting within that space. And I hope that that continues to be the case. I want to say quickly before I end this up, um, you know, we're currently, I believe, currently about eight or nine weeks into this journey. We're just under three months. It's about 10 weeks to go before the big day, the big dance. And I have to thank my coach, Ben Seymour, who I actually done a podcast with a few months back. You'll see it there. I think it's episode 12. You know, Ben's been instrumental in getting my body from literally, you know, like I said at the start there, I was struggling for a 5K, you know, now eight weeks into this program and I've, I've you know, conquered a 25 at six weeks in. We just come off a deload week and just started building back up this week and I'll do another 20K this Wednesday. But the progress has been instrumental, running three days a week in the weights room three days, giving my body a day of rest where it needs, but... I'm so excited and at the same time almost shocked because whilst I've put in the work and I've you know stuck to the training plan to a T and I haven't veered off the plan at all, like I've been perfectly on plan and pushed myself and listened to my body and recovered well, ate well, I've done all the right things, but I'm shocked because it really shows you what your body's capable of in the space of a short time if you do it intelligently, but also if you if you sit out there and you have the work ethic to do it. And I've spoken a lot recently to friends and family about this idea of progression with purpose. And I think if I just set out to run 42Ks for the sake of it, you know, I probably wouldn't have got to where I am as quick. But I just feel that every run I go on at every tough moment, you know, whether it's an interval session where you're out of breath after a big effort, whether it's, you know, 22Ks into a 25K run, it's hot, you feel tired and you just want to stop. In the back of my head, there's just been this voice that keeps saying you're blessed and you're blessed to have cystic fibrosis, yet still the opportunity to do this. You were blessed to be a healthy, able body that can go out and run and push themselves and test their limits. And I encourage you just to remember that, to feel blessed every time you get to use your body and you get to exercise your health because that is unfortunately something not everyone is born with. Not everyone is born with their health and the ability to exercise it, test it and use it. So just be kind to your body, look after yourself and above all, remember that nothing is impossible when you set your mind to it and you have an amazing outlook on life. 42 for CF, link in my Insta bio and fundraising page linked just below. 
Um, you guys are absolute gems and I thank you so much for your continued support, not only of me, but of the show and everything I'm doing in life. The, you know, 2020 has been a testing, but definitely the most amazing year of my life. And I found so much purpose and happiness in everything that I'm doing. And I thank all of you for allowing me the opportunity to do that. And I hope that you can continue to not only subscribe, give those five-star ratings and reviews, but just to share this around with even one friend or a few friends, share it on your Instagram story when you listen to an episode, because this honestly means the world to me and I want to spend the rest of my days doing this, inspiring people, reaching new community and sharing stories of not only inspiring but powerful stories. And yeah, I just thank you guys so much. With no further to do, I'll leave you to get on with the rest of your day or your evening. Ladies and gentlemen, 42 for CF. We're coming in hot for December 12th.